Good morning. What I'm looking to do is to catch up with what happened on Sunday. So on Sunday, we felt like God was wanting to share with us the love of the Father, his love towards us through the story of the prodigal son. So we went off piste and we didn't carry on in the plan. But uh, I just want to catch up with the story of Nehemiah, because as we go through Nehemiah, this is a great rebuilding story and so just to be able to record this and you can watch this at your own leisure just that we're staying up to date and we'll be in Nehemiah 2 3 to 8 uh, right now and we're going to look at how he shares a problem shares a vision and then shares a plan it's a really practical and yet God's all over it and you see him working through it so our first week we saw how uh, Nehemiah starts with this holy discontentment, this this kind of thing in him that's just not okay with the fact that his homeland, Jerusalem, the walls, everything has been burned down, in disrepair, gates burned, and, and he hears this news and he's broken. He's broken because of the glory of God. How will people know that Yahweh is the true God if the people are scattered and the walls are broken? He's broken down because it's the place of his ancestors and so he starts with this holy discontentment which then as we see four months down the line we are now he's starting to formulate a plan and so he comes to the king when I was young um, my buddies and I we used to love making plans when we were 17 18 years old we used to come up with plans all the time adventures mostly what we were going to do with our time and I remember one season a friend of mine or a couple of friends had gone down to Newquay and they were going to do a season down in Newquay and uh, so I got to visit them and uh, we loved to surf in those days and I hadn't been surfing all this time but they'd done a whole season so you know their shoulders are, are primed and ready um, and they've got this idea to, if you know Newquay at all, you'll remember Fistral Beach is on the kind of left-hand side of Newquay as you look out to sea. And then you've got this huge peninsula uh, with an amazing hotel in the, in the, um, up on it. And then on the other side, down here, you've got Newquay Bay. And they'd heard of some people who had paddled right out and round this peninsula with rocks and jagged, you know, and it was right out to sea. I think it was three to five K or three to five miles, not quite sure. And it was a long distance all the way round from Fistral Beach all the way round to the bay. And, and they just thought this sounded like a great adventure. So they said, Dan, do you want to come with us? That's our plan. We're going to do this. Sounds like fun. And I'm sort of like, yeah, why not? While I'm here. And so we set off and it's a long, long way. And because I have not built up any any muscles, you know, you're just using your arms, I get to literally the outermost point where the waves are the highest. You're going through rocks, trying to time it right, and I'm just fatigued to the maximum. And I, I know I'm not going to make it. And I'm starting to... It's, this is probably the first time, um, one of the first times where I thought, I, I might not make it. This might be it. And at one point, I got so fatigued and I get travel sick as well. So the sea's doing this and, and then I'm, uh, you know, green and all sorts. At one point, I'm so, so fatigued that I, I just kind of roll off my board unintentionally and into the water and the water on my face kind of wakes me up. I manage to get back on and I'm just not going to make it. And there's another guy with me. We both came down for just a week and we're both really struggling. So we decide we have to change plan. We've got to go in and we've got to scale these enormous rocks with our surfboards and probably, again, the most dangerous climb I've ever done uh, in wetsuits. And we get to the top 
look down and we see our friends continuing on. They're like specks in the distance. But there's a powerboat race in Newquay Bay. And so they end up getting picked up by the lifeguard anyway. I mean, it's a classic case of uh, uh, my kind of planning when I was young just going completely wrong. We had to adapt and change, but we love these kinds of adventure plans putting in place. And there's something about Nehemiah's story that gets the adventure going in me. He's a, he's a guy that's coming to make a plan. So let's read Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. And I just encourage you, spot how Nehemiah so articulates the problem that they're seeing in front of them. The vision, this wonderful vision of how the world is going to be better, of what he's looking to do. And then he shares the way in which he's going to get to this vision. I think it's really a wonderful example to any of us who are looking to go after something. You maybe have a problem, but we've got a better vision. We can see how Nehemiah does it. Nehemiah 2 verse 3. And he's just been asked by the king, why are you looking sad? So he responds. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. We're going to pause there. What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. So step one, as we look to care and bring God's kingdom, God's majestic, mighty, wonderful kingdom to earth as we're taught to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Step one is to see what the problem is, to spot. Can you you articulate the problem? From there, we're going to look at a better vision. We're not there yet. We can't stay here because the problem, but we're going to go there to this wonderful vision and then we'll look at the steps in between that need to be taken. So step one to seeing God's kingdom come is identify the problem. Can we identify the problem? From initially breaking down after hearing the news of his home country and the state of things and having this holy discontentment, we're now four months on and he's had time to process. Maybe he's met with his brothers to talk. Maybe he's just been praying with God and just really letting things soak in. And he's really come to the conclusion that The only way to get this done is to go to the biggest authority, the king. He's the only one that can sign off on this. I love the fact that the king is the greatest authority of the day. He's got the biggest superpower of the day and he heads it up. And he doesn't kill Nehemiah, which Nehemiah was in genuine danger of happening to him because he's brought sadness into the court of the king, which was a capital offence, potentially if the king wanted to. So Nehemiah doesn't get killed, which is great. And he actually responds to Nehemiah and says, so what do you want? I mean, this is just going so well. Instead of Nehemiah just responding with what he wants, do you notice it says he prayed to God? It's like he's he's just in the presence of the king and it's like, oh, this is actually going well. And he goes, I need to give thanks to the person of real authority in the room. So I'm just going to give thanks to God because If God is allowing this to happen, I want to recognise his authority here. It's like he says, great, the door's beginning to swing open to this whole idea. Let me just pray to the one who opened it. 
<laughs> you know, maybe the king thinks he's opening the door. No, God's opening the door. Maybe Nehemiah would be tempted to think, well, I, I'm very persuasive. I'm getting quite good at this whole visionary thing. No, 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 God's opening the door. So he gives thanks to God and prays. How often do we pray and God maybe begins to answer or answers our prayers maybe not how we totally thought but he begins to change situations but we forget to pause and give thanks to the one who opened the door to the one of real authority in the situation how often do we forget I know I do I see people who may pray for their partner or they meet someone new and they're praying, oh Lord, would this be the person that maybe I get to be in relationship with? And, and it's like things are going well and they totally forget that they've prayed to God who is the one who opens doors. Maybe we might pray for our work situation or our kids or for strength or for kids. Maybe we'll pray for healing for any other kind of blessing. And we need to learn from Nehemiah here that when the door starts to look like it's opening, pause and give thanks to the one who opens the doors, the one of real authority in the situation. There's a small group, and I love this small group because they have this little saying, it's called A2P. A, capital A, two, letter two, number two, sorry, and P, capital P. And it stands for Answers to Prayer. And they have this little book where they're writing down their prayer requests, you know, in small group, they're praying for this. Okay, just jot this down, a little notepad. But then what they'll do the next week is they'll just go around quickly and remind everyone, we prayed for this, has anything changed? And they start to see how God is answering. And I love this idea, A2Ps. This is exactly what Nehemiah does. He recognises God is starting to answer these prayers. That's awesome. We have to be careful and aware that sometimes we can get caught up in our problems. We can get, we can get stuck there. And actually, we haven't necessarily thought, well, if we were asked by God or by someone else in authority or by anyone, well, what do you want? What do you, what, what, what do you want to change? What, what would you do in this situation? We haven't thought about that. We just can identify the problem. But Nehemiah has been thinking about a plan. And so when, when, uh, when he's asked by the king, what do you want then? He gets to share his vision which is step two so step one share the problem step two then it's like I want to share this wonderful vision of where I see the world's a better place this situation's in a better way where we're not here we can't stay here because of the problem but we're going here and this is the bit that we come on to now so Nehemiah 2 now verse 5 Nehemiah says and I said to the king if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight that you send me to Judah to the city of my father's graves that I may rebuild it. Nehemiah's vision is this. I want to go. Send me. If you send me, I will rebuild it. I will take on this work. I'm not just going to stay in problem mode. I'm not just going to keep pointing out all the issues and, oh, someone better do something about it. No, I'm willing. I'm willing. And I've got a vision, and it's going to be a rebuilding vision. We can't stay here because of the problem. I'm looking to articulate a better vision and to call out people there. Here's the truth. When we come to this part of sharing our vision, many can identify the problem. Many can talk about the problem. You go down the pub, you'll hear about the problem. If you uh, look on the news, you'll hear about the problem. 
if you go on social media, you'll hear about the problem. Far less people can articulate the vision, where they're going. But that, as believers, is what we're called to do. You see, we've been so impacted by the kingdom of heaven in our lives, we've got this big picture. We can't stay here because God is real, he's good, he's calling us there. And so as believers, I want to challenge us. Let's be good at, at sharing vision, at having vision, not just staying in the problem. So we start with the problem, we see the vision, this great vision, and then Nehemiah shares his plan of how he's looking to get there. So let's read from verse 6. Nehemiah 2 verse 6 says, And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, that letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through it until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates or of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for my house that I shall occupy it. Have you ever been in a kind of situation where someone, you, someone asks you a question or says something and you respond and then they say, oh, it's funny you say that because, or I'm so pleased you said that because. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, hang on, you've thought this through, haven't you? This isn't just an innocent question, like you've put some thought to this, you anticipated me responding like this, didn't you? And suddenly you realise, oh, we're in that kind of a conversation. This is kind of what Nehemiah does. The king says, what do you want? And he's like, oh, well, it's very, it's funny that you should ask king, <laughs> because I have given it a little bit of thought, actually. And what I would like is this, 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 <laughs> you know, he's, he's really come to see the problem, the vision, and he's starting to make a plan. This is how we're going to get there. In fact, we can be quite certain that through the four months from this holy discontentment to actually him going to see the king, he has been praying and building and this clarity of vision has been coming to him. But he's been very aware the only one that can sign this off on a human level is the king. So I need to go to him. Because God was involved in Nehemiah's plan, it meant it was a big, bold plan. It meant asking the Babylonian king of an empire to not only... that Would, would you mind if I laid down my role because I'm going to go back to where I've come from, where your ancestors took me from? Would that be okay? I'm going to be there for quite some time as well. And I'd also like it if, king, you wouldn't mind preparing for me to have safe passage to get there. Also, would you mind giving me the materials courtesy of yourself and writing a letter. And, and not only that, I love the fact that Nehemiah throws in this. I don't know if you noticed it, but can I have the materials for my own house as well? It's like while he's on a roll, he just keeps on asking. I wonder if he came out of that meeting just almost surprised at his own boldness. You know, he just came out and like, well, I just kept on asking. Uh, you know, I was kind of on a roll and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. There was real favour in that place. If you don't ask, you don't get, I suppose. So Nehemiah's example to us is this. There's a problem. We need to identify that. What in your life does not line up with the kingdom of heaven? Okay, now, what's your vision? What, 
what better world is there be? And maybe you think, well, it's impossible. I can't imagine that happening. Well, what would Jesus do in your situation? And then let's look to make a plan in between. And it finishes like this. The king granted me what I asked for the good hand of God was upon me. I feel like this is, this is the key to persuading believers to start dreaming bigger and to start making plans in God's timing and in God's mighty hand. This is the key for me. Was it that Nehemiah was, you know, so persuaded that the king at that time was just a generous kind of bloke? You know, everyone that went to him who asked for stuff seemed to get it and Nehemiah was persuaded that the king would probably say yes. Was he just... Was the king prone to just doing random acts of kindness, maybe? He just loved to do that. No, he wasn't. He was the king of the greatest superpower of the day, and he had actually had people killed for bringing just sadness into it, looking a bit downcast into his court. He was not the kind of person prone to doing random acts of kindness. It, no, we're told, actually, in that signing off little bit of scripture, it was the good hand of my God. You notice that the king, it says, granted me what I asked for because the good hand of my God was upon me. I hope you see that. And this is the key. This is the thing that's going to persuade us to start expecting big things from God because the good hand of God is upon me because he is upon me. And therefore, things that I wouldn't expect to go well, go well, things that I wouldn't expect to change change because visions come closer because the good hand of God is upon me if you have prayed and God has answered that prayer don't look into yourself and think well I'm getting pretty good at this whole visionary thing must be me also don't look at other people and think well they must be just a really good person because I'm so surprised how this went no look to God for the good hand of God was upon me if you have a plan to share the gospel with one of your friends, which I hope you do. I hope if your friends are not yet knowing the love of God, I hope you've got a vision for them. They can't stay here. We've got to go there. How do we do that? I hope there's a plan in place. But I hope you know that that plan doesn't rely on your friend just looking like the sort of person who would be really interested in faith. That's not what it comes down to. It comes down to the goodness of God. It comes down to the nature of God. If you have a plan which will require someone else to sign off on it, perhaps you've got some ideas you'd like to do or, or you just would like to do something and you know I can't do that without my family signing off on it or maybe a bank supporting me or a boss being involved or and, and, you know, a friend being with me on it, don't look in, into their nature to see whether they're likely to do it. Don't look into the bank's nature, whether they're likely to support that kind of thing. Don't look at your boss and see, is he that kind of a bloke that's going to sign up? No, look to the nature and goodness of God. And if he's upon you, if he's calling you to do it, trust in him. Church, we're in a season where I feel we have to make some plans in God. We have to spot some problems that need a God solution, a better vision. And then we have to start making some plans in God. We can't stay where we are in this nation. The, the state of uh, young people's mental health, we can't stay there. There's got to be a bigger vision and we've got to start making some plans along the way. John Wesley, he made a plan. 
His passion was to see believers all over the UK discipled into the, the fullness and maturity that God had for them. And so he made a plan. That's why Methodism is called that, because of their methods. That's genuinely it. They were meticulous. They made plans. And he saw God move in a miraculous way. Noah, from the Bible, he had a plan. He had been called by God. He had this vision. I can't stay here because the rain's coming. I've got to build a boat. And so he did. Abraham had a plan. I can't stay in the land of my kindred. I've been called out from this. I don't know quite where. And be aware that maybe you won't get the whole plan. <laughs> maybe you won't have been given all of the picture because we've got to keep trusting in God. But these heroes of faith had a plan. Fiona, from our church, one of the members here at Jubilee, she heard of the, the real struggles, those getting in debt. And so she links up with CAP. She gets trained up and she starts a debt centre here in our town. She had a problem. People are, are getting caught up in debt and it's just a spiral. No, I'm going to do something about it. I've got a better vision. And so she made a plan. Lizzie Jakeman, she's made a plan. She'd seen that there was this area around East Grinstead with no affordable counselling. This is the problem. So her vision was to set something up. And so she made a plan. Winnie, Chris and others, they made a plan. That's why the cafe is now set up and running in this, uh, in this centre. Because they made a plan. They, they saw a problem. They had a vision. And they made a plan. You know, you know we follow God. We, we have the likeness and we we're made in his image and likeness. And our God has made plans do you know that even from when we first sinned humanity first fell away from God rejected him turned away from him chose idols over the one true God even from that moment it says in 2 Corinthians 5 19 God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them he made a plan he made a plan that through Christ he would reconcile the world to himself you can't stay there in that problem of sin because that means eternal death and separation from God. No, he had a vision of drawing sons and daughters to himself. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know this is one of our favourites. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He makes plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans uh, to give you a hope and a future. Wow. Our God makes plans and you were made in his image and likeness. We're called to have vision in God, to make plans. Maybe you're new here at Jubilee Community Church. And to be honest, your plan at the moment is I'd just like to feel more part of the family. I can see that others feel part of the family, but I still feel a bit, a bit on the peripheries. Make a plan. Maybe that's the problem. I don't want to stay on the edges. I want to be more in the centre of things. I want to be known and I want to know, but it's tough. It is tough. Make a plan. Maybe join a serving team. Maybe come a little bit early on a Sunday, just 10 minutes. It'll be uncomfortable, maybe, but you'll meet someone because you'll have that opportunity. Maybe come and join a small group if you haven't already. Make a plan. How are we going to go forward in this place? Maybe you want to see your friends saved. Make a plan. Maybe you want to house a refugee. Make a plan. I just want to share uh, a couple of things, just real quick, a couple of things that as Jubilee we're making a plan. As a church, we're doing. You'll have heard about the cost of living crisis. 
And our response as a church, we want to bring a kingdom response to that cost of living. You see, we heard the problem. There's going to be a deficit for many people. There's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be confusion. And so we wanted it. We've got a bigger vision than that. No, God, he's the debt cancelling God. And so we believe in that. And so we made a plan. And you know, one of the steps in that plan was just to have a gift day and see if the church would respond. Hey, if the church doesn't give, we can't do much about that. And yet the church gave to that and to Ukraine over £55,000. Wow, the mercy and the hand of God. Suddenly the goodness of God is upon the plan. Wow, okay, we'll go after that then. Unless God's gracious hand is upon it, it won't happen. But if it is on it, it can't not happen. Do you get that? It's about his hand upon our plans. He's making it happen. Over the last month, as elders, we've just been impacted by the amount of people who seem to be ill or struggling or just poorly, all sorts of things, injuries, etc., etc. And we're just fully convinced in Mark 6.56, it says this, when Jesus is healing the sick at Gennesaret, as many as touched his cloak were healed or were made well. As many as touched... That's incredible. We've got a problem. We've got, we've got sickness that's not being healed. We've got pain that's not going away. We've got people that are struggling. Here's our vision. We want to see that, that healing power of God at work so that we see people set free and saved and restored. And so over the summer, as elders, we plan to, instead of meeting on a Monday evening every other week, as we do at the moment to um, do eldery stuff, uh, we're going to open that up and, and host a summer healing rooms here at the building in the prayer room. We'll be here from 8 till 9.30 with oil and ready to pray for anyone that comes. And if you want to, you can come and be prayed for by the eldership team because we're believing that as we do, you will be healed, restored, set free. That's our, that, that's our plan. There's a problem. So many are unwell. Well, our vision is God is kind and gracious and he's our healer. Okay, here's our plan. We'll open up evenings where we, anyone can come and be prayed for. Very lastly, very lastly, I want to let you know that we have a plan to pray for so much more in our generation. D.L. Moody says this, Christ's soldiers fight best on their knees. I think so often we busy ourselves with our hands, but he said we fight best on our knees when we're praying to God. Things happen when we pray, church. We currently have about 30 to 40 coming to Prayer Central once a month. And you might think, I, I don't know whether you think that's a lot or not a lot. I don't really know. I just know that the vision we have for this town, for an outpouring of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit, for such a move of God that's going to shake things up, 30 to 40 is not enough. Oh, that's all I know. The vision we have to see God move in such a powerful way in our day, 30 to 40 is not enough. We need to see over 100 coming to prayer. And so we're going to open it up. We're putting, we're, 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 I've booked a room with a capacity for 120. Uh, we're preparing for the worship band, are putting in some vision to it. We're pre preparing some stuff creatively. We're going to make the room look great. We're going to make the room feel great. But we're also going to put time in to pray. And I want to invite you to this. I want to lay this before you. The problem is there is so much that is not of God in our day. 
and we just get used to it because we live in it but it's not okay God has got a, a plan and a purpose for this nation if we will just hold on to him if we'll humble ourselves and come and pray and seek his face then he has got this vision that is so much better than here people are going and perishing at the moment they don't know the love of God we must pray we must bring forth something that's greater and have a bigger vision for our own neighbours and neighbourhood. So I have a vision for over a hundred coming to pray once a month. That no longer will that Wednesday in the month be a night off from small group. No, it'll be a night together with all the small groups where we pray and we seek God. I believe plans will be laid in that place. I believe prophecies that will shape our church for years to come will be found in that place. So come. Come, I lay this before you. Just as Nehemiah had a plan that at one point he has to lay it before the leaders and the people. I say, come and pray. Come, all ages, the oldest to the youngest in the church. Single, married. Whatever your situation is, this isn't just one type of person. No, these are the people of God coming together in prayer and we will see mighty things happen as we do. So I lay this before you. This is our plan. We've got a vision for this town. It's too big for it to be us. We can't do it. I don't know how it's going to happen. Our plan is we must pray this in. So I invite you, come every month to Prayer Central. Put it in your diary. Get here and start praying with us. And we will see the mighty hand of God and the gracious hand upon, his gracious hand upon us as he moves. Amen. Bless you. Hey, my name's Dan Baptist and I'm lead pastor here at Jubilee Community Church. We really hope that something from this morning's word has blessed you and reached you. And if you'd like to talk about anything you've heard or just be able to talk about maybe faith or get some prayer, then please get in contact. You can email us, give us a call at the centre and one of the team's going to get back to you. We'd love to do this, especially if you're just thinking about what it is to become a Christian. You want to sit down and really talk that through with anyone. We also run regularly on a Sunday some joining the church courses. And if you want to know more about Jubilee Community Church and what it is to belong here, then you can just uh, find out online when the next one of those is going on and you can attend, have a meal, sit down, talk about it. We also have some amazing midweek group life uh, where it's a great opportunity to dig further into your faith. Again, you can find out that on our website too. Anyway, just wanted to say hi and uh, bless you and we'll catch up soon.